0: Hello everyone, my name is Gordon, your host for this episode, along with my fellow co-host LaShawn Benedict, and we are back with four more core competencies that you should be monitoring to see and answer the question, are you an effective public health practitioner? You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health, from the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogues about the diverse career opportunities that exist in these fields. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so other people like you can benefit from our content. Tell us about what what core competencies are we referring to? I know there's a Public Health Agency of Canada that has... Core competencies, we found another set from another sort of governing body or council that developed their own set of competencies that is somewhat related to what we've discussed in a previous episode. But what are what are we pulling this list from?
1: So we're pulling this list from the core competencies for public health professionals. And they're basically a consensus set of knowledge and skills for broad public health practice as defined by the 10 essential public health services.
0: Mm. Okay. And in the first episode, we talked about the first four being data analytics and assessment skills, policy development and program planning skills, communication skills, and we finished off with health equity skills. And for this episode, we bring you number five, domain number five, community partnership skills. Sounds like a generic term, LaShawn, but help us break it down into the minutiae.
1: All right, I'd love to. So we're talking about community partnership skills. So what kind of things are you looking at? We're talking about understanding the context, the systems at play, the policies affecting community health in your area, really looking to Establish relationships strategic relationships amongst community health organizations ngos and other organizations that have health mandates right and so this community partnership skill also entails you know maintaining those relationships so it's you know we talk about forming relationships a lot of the time but i would argue and say that a lot of the actual work goes into maintaining relationships between partners and networks. How do you collaborate with those community members and organizations? And most importantly, how do you share power and ownership amongst community members and partners?
0: Mm.
1: Really important things to consider.
0: That's a a loaded one. So this ones it's easy to gloss over this one, LaShawn, I must admit. Community partnership and skills. Yeah, you talk to a couple people. You work on a project together and it's all good and you did a great job and stakeholders are satisfied. I, From my experience, it's a lot more complicated than this to do it effectively. And what I mean by this is sometimes you might identify from the epidemiological data that there is an abnormal distribution of health state or disease that would lead you in a direction of connecting with a community group that would give you access to that priority population to have further discussions and you might hear from engaging with that group that they have either no willingness at that time to engage in dialogue about addressing that issue that you identified or it's not the main thing that they're concerned about at the time and they don't wish to put any of their resources or energy into that and you as a health organization and in the program level have a mandate to address that particular thing, but the people that you're meant to work with to address it have no interest at the time. So how do you navigate those conversations and coming up with the best solution? So it's a lot more complicated than on the surface level.
1: Yeah, and again, I want to double down on that. Building partnerships, building networks, and developing your community partnership skills, it's very hard because it's complex. Mm. All these community health organizations and organizations, generally speaking, have their own mandate. And as Gordon is saying, sometimes it might not be on the top of one organization's priority list to collaborate with you. We have to think about these different mandates. We need to think about funding structures. So oftentimes, especially in my line of work, we're talking to organizations and they seem very interested, they seem very committed. And once you actually establish that formal partnership, sometimes things tend to break down because there weren't the structures in place to make sure things run smoothly. So, ownership of power how do you share that power? How do you make sure organizations remain accountable? Because it could quickly break down and expectations get out of hand. And so, we have to make sure as public health professionals that we're thinking about all these things. It's very easy to say as public health professionals, let's collaborate. But how does that actually look in practice?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how you partner with one community organization might look totally different from how you partner with another one. So even though, you know, you could deem it as a universal skill, how you apply it in different contexts might look very different based on the needs or the specific personalities, the types of health issues that you're dealing with, the resources that are available. And that's something that you'll probably for the rest of your life be working towards improving. I don't know if there's maybe there's a few people out there that come to mind when you think of very, very effective community engagement public health practitioners, but it's a skill to work at. For those who are looking to acquire these skills, LaShawn, thinking about people with various levels of experiences in public health, what's a good start for people to build out their community partnership skills? Well, I think really
1: just interacting on different projects and programs with different partners. You might find that the organization you're working with has this nice plan laid out, and in practice, like I mentioned, things are not running as well as that plan lays out. So it's almost like an expectation shift. Not saying that you want to be very negative, but just be ready for uncertainty and how to handle uncertainty. Just be ready to deal with unexpected situations. That's why Gordon and I always love, you know, writing down, noting down risks and talking about how that can affect the progression of different projects and programs. Mm -hmm.
0: And, you know, volunteering or... If you have a formal employment looking for those opportunities, is a good place to start. What you really want to see is being involved in those multi-agency type projects where there's funding attached and it's getting pulled north, south, east, west, different tempers come to the table, different priorities, different mandates, and then being an observer in the room and seeing what things worked well and what things didn't work out quite well. And then being able to incorporate that into your experience to speak about it or to improve those skills should you get an opportunity in the future. Moving on to our comfort zone, I would say this one is probably more in our comfort zone. Domain six being public health sciences skills. What does that even entail, Lashon?
1: So... To me, this basically looks at, again, the systems, policies, and any sort of news or events that are affecting public health and public health systems, and even, generally speaking, how health systems play into this as well. So it also looks at how do you actually apply the core sciences of public health to practice, so epidemiology, biostatistics, community health, having that equity lens, assessment lens, policy development lens, and how you bring those things together in line with evidence to start developing, implementing, Mm. evaluating, and improving programs, policies, services that you and your organizations are planning to deliver.
0: So here's the thing. We have conversations with folks who are Currently doing their undergrad or recently finished, you get questions. Oh, I did biology. I it doesn't relate to public health, right? Or oh, I did biochemistry. It doesn't relate to public health. So I wanted to bring that up to highlight LaShawn's point about you would have learned some transferable skills from your undergraduate experience about how to appraise evidence, apply evidence to a different setting. So instead of maybe talking about the laboratory setting, looking at gene environments and things like that, you're looking at using those same skills to appraise evidence to apply to a public health type of context. So yes, your experience is always valuable. You just need to apply the right things in the right situations. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And again, it's very easy I would say nowadays to be able to hop on YouTube, hop on a podcast, take free courses online, and I have off we at Public Health Insight we always share different resources through LinkedIn or through mine and Gordon's personal LinkedIn about how you can learn about these different core public health science skills, and whether that's a course in how to tackle policy implementation in public health introduction to epidemiology in public health these are things that are out there available and as long as you have an internet connection you're good to go
0: Mm. so here's the thing right Lashawn, you said use evidence to develop implement evaluate and improve programs and services when you're doing your laboratory experiments you're writing out a protocol, you're determining what your goal is, you're testing it, you're testing different theories, you're writing up a report, you're writing up your findings, recommendations. It's sort of the same thing but with instead of at the microscopic level, you're looking at the the macro level with people and environments and where they live, work and play. So those things if you appreciate that, you can you know take those skills that you learned and apply them differently. Now, in terms of how to get these skills beyond your formal education i think there's a couple different ways to get different exposures especially when we talk about areas of policy development and one thing that crossed my mind lately that i never really mentioned before is for example policy development a lot of times when governments are in the process of reviewing policies updating policies or creating existing creating new policies entirely there's usually some kind of consultation or stakeholder engagement period many times members of the general public are invited to participate in that and this is all free this is a free pathway for you to read about the different policies that exist and maybe write a policy brief and being able to share that with those collecting that feedback and that's something that you put on your resume or you could Consult with a a group that you know locally who does advocacy around the issue being uh, spoken about or being consulted on and say, Hey, were you aware that Health Canada is doing something on food security? I know your organization does something on this. I would be happy to help you develop a policy brief on that for the federal government. That's a great way to get your name out there and develop those skills and use what you've learned in the classroom and apply it for the real world setting. So, if you don't know about that, Google Health Canada consultation or Public Health Agency of Canada consultations, and you'll see all the different areas that they're looking to consult with public health professionals, members of the general public. And then you could pick an area that you're interested in and submit a response. Why not?
1: Yeah, very cool indeed. Let's move on to mm. the seventh domain. Mm. We're talking about management and finance skills. Mm. Gordon, what does that entail?
0: Mm. Management and finance skills? Well, here's the thing. On the finance side, there are limited resources, Mm. okay? And we know the health system is complex in that you have the traditional healthcare aspect of it where people who are sick or experiencing symptoms can go and get medical attention. Very, 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 very important. And then there's the preventing things from happening arm of the health system, which includes public health, things like health promotion, health protection, that are less valued because it's hard to demonstrate the return on investment for those. So it's very important that Management and finance skills are a key tool in your arsenal, especially if you have intentions of pursuing leadership roles in public health. So when we're talking
1: about some of the skills within this domain, we're talking about, you know, just understanding how different factors affect the health of an organization. So like Gordon mentioned, human resources, how do you make sure you secure them? How do you make sure you manage them? How do you make sure you engage with some of those resources, whether they're human resources, physical resources, the management of those resources? So that's one important thing to remember. The second thing you wanna remember is how, when we're talking about organizational health, you're ultimately talking about your staff. You're talking about the policies that are in place that kind of govern this organization, the programs, the services, ultimately talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So how are you able to make sure you're managing those appropriately and support staff in the appropriate way that they're able to be their best selves when they're working on these programs, services, and interacting with people?
0: So you're telling me, hold on, hold on. So you're telling me it's a core skill to be able to engage in professional development yourself and also creating the structures and systems around for your fellow public health professionals to further develop their skills. You're telling me that is a competency.
1: Exactly. So Mm. it all goes under team building and Mm. public health is an evolving field and we're learning new things every day. The evidence is rapidly advancing. So we want to make sure we're up to date in some of our practices So that's why we're talking about professional development. In such a multidisciplinary field, that's what's needed to stay on top.
0: Mm. And while we're on the management piece, performance management. So at the level of the program, so your program is meant to achieve a certain objective. And if you're in terms of your management competency, you're responsible for ensuring that the Activities and initiatives that are taking place under you work towards accomplishing that objective as well as holding public health professionals accountable for meeting those standards. So, again, a lot of what we've talked about in this episode don't even relate specifically to a public health skill. This can be applied in any context, engineering, IT, software development, performance management. Is something that's applicable to every industry. So for those people who are looking to develop in public health or develop in their profession, you don't always have to look towards how can you expand your public health knowledge. Sometimes it's those skills about how to unlock other people or Mm -hmm. bring organizations to another level. Don't overlook that.
1: That's a great point, Gordon. And it feeds into our next domain that we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Leadership and systems thinking skills. Gordon, before we move on to Mm. you, what's Mm. the distinction between management and leadership?
0: Uh Uh-oh. You put me on the spot there, Sean. Okay. Okay. One thing that I always use to distinguish those two things, and I think it's something I read when I was preparing for my project management certification, is that... Management is ensuring that the work gets done the right way and then leadership is ensuring that the right work gets done. So from a visioning and mission perspective and then management makes sure that you have a certain set of resources, you have a certain set of monies available, you have a certain set of time available and you have to make sure that the work is getting done in the right way to fulfill the objective that was meant to be completed. So that's a good way to look at that from my perspective. How about you? How do you think about the distinctions between the two?
1: To add to that role of leadership, it's really about motivating individuals to do the work that they need to do. And like you said, Mm. set out that vision. And as we're going to get into within this domain, number eight called leadership and systems thinking skills, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're identifying and thinking about opportunities to achieve cross-sector alignment we're talking about implementing visions for a healthier community we're talking about creating an opportunity for creativity and innovation within the work that's already being done being able to respond to emerging needs and concerns and overall like we talked about in the previous one we're doing all this management stuff we're doing all this professional development stuff. We're talking about the team. We're talking about cultures, policies. How do you manage organizational change?
0: Mm.
1: Okay. And ultimately, that leads for you as a public health organization and as a public health professional. How are you advocates for public health?
0: But Lashawn, I'm not in a leadership role in my organization. How could I possibly... Develop my leadership skills.
1: That's a great question. That's what a lot of people will say. That's a great question. And to that I would say, everyone can be a leader. You are not born a leader. Mm -hmm. People may be more predisposed to the skills to be a leader and kind of the, Mm -hmm. the personality geared towards being a more outspoken leader, for example. But these are skills you can develop by practice. Okay? So just because you're not in a formal leadership role doesn't mean you can't take leadership roles within your line of work.
0: And what does that look like? So here's the thing. I've noticed that there's a set of characteristics that lend themselves very well for leadership. And a lot of that is, you talked about the organizational change, Lashon, but it's thinking about things differently, breaking the status quo understanding how different systems interact or connect so you might have you might work with a variety of different people some of them maybe you would classify as disruptors why is the system this way it shouldn't be this way and then you have folks who try to understand the system in its current form and understand some of the reasonings for why the system is that way and then understand how if it was to change what steps need to occur for the change to occur. And this could be at the project level, organizational level, societal level. And that's more of a mindset that leaders have to shift things in the right direction.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And one of the kind of turning points for me is just thinking of your role, and this is for individuals who aren't in management or leadership, thinking of your role as an individual contributor in whatever line of work you're doing it's very easy to get bogged down on your everyday tasks, writing a report, you know, doing some analysis, etc. But take a step back.
0: Mm.
1: Think about why exactly you're doing what you're doing and how does it contribute to the bigger picture of that organization. And think about why your organization needs to do that work and how that affects other parts of the health system. And then at that point, at that level of observation, you'll be able to see a bit more from that leadership management strategic angle and have less tunnel vision into that work you're doing every day. And I think just kind of changing your mindset about how you think about the work you're doing at an individual contributor level goes a long way into developing your skills and asking the right questions when we're talking about management mm, and leadership. The
0: right questions. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, uh, and just to cap things off here, a lot of times, and I'll, I'm speaking directly to folks who are maybe recently entering the public health workforce. You start your job, you're anxious, not quite sure what to do, you need time to settle down, you need mentorship, you need coaching, you need leadership. Everybody needs that. You start doing your project and you get so bogged down, like LaShawn said, in someone already prepared this project proposal, I'm going to do it exactly in the way that they said, and I'm not really going to think independently about the purpose or how the work could be accomplished, maybe in a better or more inclusive way. Those are what LaShawn means when he said asking the right questions. As a leader, the way a leader would look at what's presented is, hey, have a meeting with your boss. I really critically thought about this project. The goal here is to accomplish this. I'm a little concerned about this specific approach here because it could cause this and this. I thought a little bit about it, and I think if we go in this direction instead, we can have more impactful work, have more satisfied stakeholders, and get a better result out of it. That's how a leader would talk, even if you're not a formal leader by your job title. So I like what you said about the right questions, LaShawn. Asking the right questions of those who you report to, and then asking yourself the right questions. In this episode, we talked about the remaining domains, the four remaining domains from our previous episode that we carried over here being community partnership skills, public health sciences skills, management and finance skills. And we finished off our discussion with leadership and systems thinking skills as the eighth domain so we hope that you were able to learn something from this episode if you're interested in a previous episode with the other four check that out in the meantime it's gordon Lashawn, your favorite public health professionals talking about core competencies signing off until next time peace peace thank you for listening to the public health insight podcast your go-to space for informative conversations inspiring community action. If you enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. See you in the next one.